Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Pop Culture and Fandom News. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and joining me this week, she's basically been my co-host since uh, December, with the exception of like <laughs> one ep- one or two episodes she wasn't on, but Carla is here with me again this week. Uh, hi, Carla, from Bedwater Behead. Sorry. Hi, co-host. <laughs> <laughs> hi, fellow host of Venom <laughs> Think Pop. <laughs> hi, fellow host. Yes. So <laughs> Carla is, are you on every episode this month, too? Yes, I <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Oh, wait, I may not be on on one on Tina Turner is the one that I'm not on. OK, OK, OK. But almost every single one. So we are kicking. Everyone, yeah. Yeah. We are kicking off our celebration of Black History Month, which the way we do it is we celebrate black women in music, in film, in television. We haven't done books, but maybe some year we will do books something you know so we're just that's what we're celebrating and so friday we are kicking it off with actress regina hall so i'm looking forward to that discussion and like i was rewatching scary movie i'm like (laughs) (laughs) i know it's like wow some of the stuff really did not age well no especially a certain character i'm like Yikes. (laughs) yeah i was like wow i laughed so much when it came out and now I'm mostly cringing. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when we talk about Regina Hall and the movies that we that we rewatched, I will tell you about one that had me cringing so hard that, yeah, it competes with Scary Movie. It's all I'll say for now. Oh, I must not have watched it. Let's be real. We can't watch all of them, unfortunately. I'm not, I mean, you know, so it must have been one that I rewatched, but. But anyway, so that's not what we're talking about right now. We are going to instead get into our pop culture and fandom news. So first, Carla, I want to know what is one thing in pop culture or fandom that you are super duper excited about? Well, and this is just like as a brief thing that I'm super duper excited about the fact that for a full day, it was killing me that there's this song that I used to love. And I knew the title of it, and I knew kind of how it went in some part, but I could not remember who sang it. And then when I popped in, like it popped in like the title into Spotify, it did not, it gave me like 500,000 other people singing a song of a similar title, but not this one particular song and artist. And then finally, I'm falling asleep, 
And it pops into my head, Aqualung, that's who sang this thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, the, and the song is falling out of love. And apparently a lot of people are falling out of love because there are a lot of songs called or are about falling out of love. So it's a very, very generic topic. So anyway, yeah, I just throwing out there that isn't a memory a funny thing when you're trying to go to sleep and suddenly it's like, oh, no, I can't go to sleep right this second. I have to favorite Aqualung's falling out of love before I forget it in the morning. But anyway, <laughs> that's not why we're really here. <laughs> the thing that I'm super into this week, as many of you may know from the past two months that I've been a regular on this podcast, I've been super duper into audiobooks on the app Libby, which connects to your library card. Yet again, I will implore you, get a library card. It is great. You get a lot of fantastic resources from the library, including access to audiobooks through the Libby app, which is what I've been doing. And the book that I'm reading this week is A Pill by Jamil Hill. It's her memoir. And she has been a very interesting figure in sports and sports coverage and just journalism in general. I, I think she's fascinating. I think she's her tweets were always very interesting to me and fun and funny, but also very informative and illuminative, illuminative, illuminative of the experience of being a Black woman in the United States, a Black woman in a predominantly male and white dominated profession. And I mean, aside from the fact that that in and of itself is very interesting and a compelling read, she and her mother and her grandmother went through some really extraordinary and difficult upbringings. So it's amazing how much you can look at somebody and, you know, read their thoughts and hear little blurbs of, of things that they may say, but you don't get the full picture of everything that they are. And that's why I've been really interested in these memoirs that I've been, you know, I've been just consuming memoirs <laughs> for the past like three months. And it, it really paints a, a more just full picture of who this person is aside from those little things that we may run across on the on the internet. And also because of getting more insight into their lives, you also get more insight into how their lives kind of inform their thoughts. So I, I don't know, just the whole thing fascinates me. And and she her book is so well written. It is really entertaining. Not and I don't mean that in like a titillating way of like, oh, listen to this person's traumatic upbringing, but just in a way that, that like really draws you in and makes you feel like you're just having a conversation with her and she's just talking to you. But also, uh, this is clearly somebody who is, I mean, because she's a journalist, like writing is what she does. And it really comes through in the in the book, because like I said, you know, the, the Britney Spears book was a very interesting read, very poorly written. So it's like a a very different turn in that sense. Yeah, I should maybe start getting into audiobooks because you keep recommending all these things I really want to read, but I don't have time to read. And so I'm thinking maybe audiobooks will give me more time. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because the the reason that I started reading them is because I'm spending a lot more time in my car these days. But also I've been finding that... Because, you know, usually I'll have something on in the background when I'm working. And usually that's TV. But every now and then, like, especially with with things of where I'm trying to, like, where I have to look at. Okay, it sounds awful. Like, I'm really good at my job, you guys. Okay, I'm really good at my job, I promise. 
But there are things for which I don't necessarily have to look at the screen while I'm doing my my job. But when I like really, really have to, then an audiobook is just better because, you know, you don't have to see, oh, what is going on in the screen? No. Yeah. It's just, oh, what is Shamel Hill going through at this moment in her life that she's narrating? Yeah. And I, I mean, I do the same thing. I, I am good at my job. I get praise for my job. But I do, ha- I do watch TV a lot. Then other times I'll just put on my headphones and listen to stuff. But um, because there is those times when, I mean, I usually have to look at a computer screen, but sometimes I don't. But yeah, so we are both really good at our jobs. We're just very fortunate that we were. <laughs> I was going to say, I really like that we that we're like qualifying this so heavily. Listen, everybody, <laughs> current and future employer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are. Ex- you you should want us on your team simply because we are so good, clearly, at multitasking that we're so good at our jobs and also at everything else. Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else you have two co-hosts for the same podcast. <laughs> exactly. See, we're killing it at work. <laughs> we're killing it. <laughs> Hire us to lead your team. There you go. I like that. That, that yeah. that's a new facet of Dream Makers. This is off-screen Dream Makers. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Well, what I'm into, and it's so weird to say into, but I, as many people did, I watched the documentary miniseries on Netflix, American Nightmare, which is all about Aaron Aaron Quinn. He calls the police and reports that his girlfriend has been kidnapped and... You know, and and they're like, well, why didn't you report this earlier? He's like, I was drugged. This whole huge story, and instantly the police don't believe him. And then the girlfriend that was kidnapped, Denise, she shows up. And then the police decide that she must have pulled a gone girl, even though she gives explicit detail on what happened to her. She was trigger warning for sexual assault. She was sexually assaulted. She goes into great detail about this. A lot of the stuff in there was stuff that the police never investigated. They never looked into. They basically just tarnished her reputation, her um, who she was in the media. Media did it too and, and tarnished his reputation too. And then what ends up happening is then because of one detective who she was a brand new detective – and it was a different case because he, even the person who had kidnapped her wrote into the, like, mailed something into the newspaper and was like, hey, she's not lying. I kidnapped her. And if you don't that was report wild. the truth, I know, if you don't report the truth, I'm going to do it again. And then, so someone did report an attempted kidnapping. And so the woman who was one of the detectives who was on the scene started investigating and putting all these pieces together. And then had someone say, that sounds like the Gone Girl case. And so she was bringing all this, uh, you know, evidence. And it took forever for them to even take that seriously. And it's just a very frustrating case about how often the justice system isn't just, isn't just and looks the other way on things and messes up. And the fact that these people in the police, in, in um, the police station, all these people working for the police, the FBI, everything like that. The fact that they, nothing happened to them. I mean, yes, Aaron and Denise did win a huge settlement, but they never had to apologize. Even one of the policemen was even awarded something. So it's like, 
after all of that. And it's just so gross. And then it's also the whole thing of this is why women don't come forward with reports of assault because they're so rarely believed and they're treated like crap. And she was treated like crap. And so were other people that they talked to that were his victims before. There was one woman who he, he assaulted her, but he like left after she, I believe this was the one who, after she said that she had previously been assaulted. And so he didn't want to assault her again. And she was talking about it to the police. The police are like, are you sure you weren't just dreaming? Right. And then one cop telling someone else about, about Denise, talking about Denise and saying, you know, sometimes women who have been assaulted before, they like to replay this and reenact it because they get off on it and that. And it was just so, how you could say this when you're trying to find someone who is missing at that time or when someone's been put through that, it just shows you that I'm sure this is not like an isolated incident and it just shows you where law enforcement is coming from. And so if you can't, if law enforcement can't help you, then who is? And Denise, she had been assaulted time and time again in her life. And one time, because she had so much guilt, which she didn't need to feel any guilt, but she had so much guilt over the fact that she didn't report the first one and then someone else ended up being assaulted. And so the next time it happened to her, she went directly to the police and she ran into someone from the police department in the parking lot and they talked her out of going in there and reporting it because they said no one's going to believe you. So, And it happens so often. And, you know, it makes me also think of the series that they had also on Netflix, um, Unbelievable. Yes. Similar topic. And same thing, you know, you, and, and specifically both um, American Nightmare and Unbelievable talk about the difference in experiences that women who have been assaulted have when they encounter male police officers or male detectives where they're just so readily dismissed. And I'm not saying that a woman being a detective automatically makes her more likely to care or to or to actually work the case as opposed to her coworkers, but it does, you know, it, it I think it's more likely that you'll get some kind of empathy and somebody who will at least do something because I mean Denise went and she um she went to the police station. She went. She had talked to her lawyer, and they were like, "Oh, why is she lawyering up? What does she have to hide?" She goes to the police station. She's subjected to hours and hours of having yeah. to recount her testimony and having to relive what she had just been through. She went and got a rape kit done, which conclusively said that she had been forcibly assaulted. And they just dismissed it. They're like, "Nah." Yeah, and she never once changed her story. Neither did Aaron. And I want to say one thing. I really want to say is. And and it's weird to say applause, but applause to Aaron for not leaving her because honestly, I think a lot of men may have left her and been like, oh, she probably is lying and she may have had something to do with this. And he never once did that. He was always on her side. And I mean, like, it's just, it's appalling the stuff that, you know, like they took his phone away and he's like, they're going to be calling me again. And he took his phone away and put it on airplane mode. Missed all these calls from the person who kidnapped her and you know what like honestly it could have gone so much more so much worse not and i'm not saying that that the that the rapist was like a good person or anything but this was somebody who was like who had like a set of rules that he wanted to follow and he could have just gotten away with it a lot more cleanly than he did but he left a hell of a trail not only did he leave a trail but then he added to that trail like you said, calling and saying, like, how dare you not believe Denise? You know, it was so weird. 
yeah, I know. I was like, whoa, bro. Like that is just what in the hell. But yeah, just the way that they were treated by, by the police was appalling. And unfortunately, not surprising because mm-hmm. I, I think anybody who is them presenting or, I mean, certainly there are plenty of men and uh, mask presenting people who are also assaulted, but I mean, it's primarily women and from presenting people. You know the stories and you may have a story of your own and uh, you are a lot more on alert for these things. And you also know that you may or may not be heard or listened to or believed, which is why, again, so many of it goes unreported. The true numbers, the true statistics, we'll never know because so many people just don't want to come forward because who wants to be treated like they treated Denise and Aaron? Exactly. And you see it every time reports come out when someone's talking about how it happened to them years and years ago. And people are like, well, why didn't you report it sooner? And it's like, well, it doesn't matter what time you report it. You're still going to endure this mm-hmm. most of the time. And, you know, I mean, I know when I had my incident happen and I went and reported because I didn't want something worse to happen to somebody else. And at first it was this very much like, oh, we're going to support you. And that all went away really quickly. And the moment I knew that was when I went and met with, a, and it was a woman. And I went and met with a woman who was like one of the, like basically worked for the college. And I met with her and the way she started interrogating me and asking me all these really like, are you sure that you weren't just imagining the stuff happening? Are you sure it wasn't just bringing up trauma from your past? Are you sure this and that? And then like, you know, what happened to me, there's video stuff of part of what happened to me is on video. And she said, all I saw was I just saw really, you know, really good acting. That's (laughs) Which is just, oh my God. So even though a lot of times you will be better off if you are talking to a woman, it's not always the case. So it's just a, it just is a sad testament to the way we treat people who are victims and to our justice system and how messed up our justice system can be. And then also, I just want to say, I posted something on Twitter about this movie and about that and about, you know, women not being believed. And it's, it got more traction than I think any tweet I've done for our our account. And I had to mute it because it just was overwhelming. And there were men who replied in there that I ended up blocking because they were disgusting Mm. replies. I mean, even one man saying, oh, come on, what you really have to call out is women faking pregnancy to get money from men. I'm like, what does that even have to do with what we're even talking about? Right. And you know what? Regardless of whether or not there's any fact in that, that exactly. has nothing to do with this discussion. But it's, I know. It, there is always an attempt to derail. When when things are most believable is when people will just attempt to, de- to derail the conversation altogether and be like, well, what about this? Well, we're not talking about that, are we? Yeah, because another man tried to instantly go, well, what about and say, because he said, well, actually, the, you know, the well, actually, crap. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, the big, and I know I'm not wording him completely accurately here, but well, actually, the big thing here was how Aaron was treated and if they had never found her he would be probably in jail I'm like I never once said that wasn't a a part of it that's a part of it they both things can be true at the same time (laughs) so it's like yes he was he was treated awfully too but both of those things can be the same it's not like one or the other part of the same story like what are you even talking about 
But, you know, yeah. heaven forbid we leave, we, we leave the men folk out of this. And I do just want to say, because you mentioned, well, actually, my, my favorite, well, actually joke, which is where do mansplainers get the, get their water? From the well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I should have marked, marked that earlier, but I, I will have to share that joke because that's a great joke. <laughs> so yeah, but once again, that, that is a Netflix, but trigger warnings, of course, for that, for that stuff. So, so yeah, but it's just, it's, a wild story and it was wild actually looking at people when they were just watching the first episode and you would see tiktokers true crime tiktokers saying i don't believe her i don't believe her and then yeah and then it's like <laughs> oops <I'm> there. <laughs> and then they were kind of silent i'm like <laughs> <laughs> well. suddenly they lost their logins that's so weird <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, well, let's move on to one thing in pop culture or fandom, Carla, that is making happy pissing you off in between. <laughs> All the things. Well, going back to the audiobook, well, I, I read Eliza Schlesinger Schlesinger's memoir. And Eliza Schlesinger is somebody who she has like so many great comedy specials. She's very vocal about feminism and and all of all of that like it, it sounds like so just you know all that stuff Fe <laughs> feminism and all that stuff but i wanted to read her book because like i said i'm gonna i'm gonna kick for these things but i was honestly really disappointed because not because it wasn't well written and let me tell you something okay she is a big time big name person in comedy for a reason she is amazing at storytelling at tension building um and the book in and of itself i like the format in which it's written it's it's a very fun format that if you're familiar with her work on stage this kind of plays into that because she does like a lot of little asides and where in a lot of books and she even mentions this in her book that where something like that would be in like the footnotes she kind of just puts it in there but like and I, I don't know in the actual book because again i didn't read the actual book i was the audiobook where it would be like possibly in a different font or something. But in the audiobook, because she narrates the audiobook, she kind of like lowers her voice and kind of whispers kind of conspiratorially to you as if you're just sitting there listening to her and just, she's just telling you a story. So in that sense, excellent. But where it really lost me is that she comes across as a very privileged person. And she is a very privileged person. She's a white woman who is very attractive, very successful, and who has um, a good support system and all kinds of privileges. And every now and then she'll admit that. But then she kind of like doubles down on some things where you're just like, why would you think that that's an okay thing to say? And in the even in the prologue, in the foreword of her book, she talks in the typical comedian who has been around too many men speech of like, oh, 
I can't believe that, you know, we have to qualify everything before we say it. It's like, yeah, clearly, if I'm talking about this thing, it doesn't mean that, um, that it applies to people who are like disabled or to people who don't have access to these things. And clearly, and you know what? To a point, I understand. But the way that she like belabored this point kind of makes it clear that it's like a resentment of having to take into consideration anybody who has a different life experience than her own. And again, this is somebody whose comedy I've enjoyed, who has a very strong feminist voice, and those things are needed. But I just came away away from from reading All Things Aside. Um, that's the name of the book. I'm not saying All Things Aside. That's the title of it. <laughs> <laughs> I came away from reading All Things Aside, disappointed in her her kind of willing kind of willful willful ignorance in a way you know she's she's not an ignorant person but she chooses ignorance to some degree because it's easier than having to be thoughtful in the way that she speaks about some things and it's not just disappointing because she's you know she's one of the comedians that i've enjoyed so much and all of that also just because she's a woman living in the 21st century and i am continually continually hopeful that women living in the 21st century come to some sort of moment of enlightenment where they see where the struggle of feminism is failing women. You know, there are so many holes in the the feminist fight that are leaving out some very vulnerable communities of women. But I don't know. I, you know, she's, it's, it's weird to say, of a 40 something person. Well, she's young, you know, she still has time to learn. But I think it's partly because I am a 40 something person and I'm like, 40 is not old. But I do think that people have time to grow and learn. And honestly, like, I don't even know. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't think to look into this. I don't even know where she stands on like Palestine, for example. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of, you know, scared to even look that up because if she's not, uh, considering the struggles of Palestinian women, I mean, if she's not considering the struggles of women in her in her own country that she claims that she's, you know, so um, pro America and America could be great if we could just do better by women, then I don't really know that I expect her to have much sympathy for women in other countries. So I don't know. That's that part's conjecture. Like, don't quote me on that. But the rest of it, I stand by. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because both the things Carla and I are talking about, in a way, <laughs> have to do with each other, kind of, uh, which is really interesting. And this wasn't planned at all. So the Academy Award nominations came out. And I'm going to just briefly, because this has nothing to do with what I'm going to say, my biggest disappointment is Charles Melton of Get. just missed out my favorite performance of the year. I was so bummed. I was worried about it when the SAG when SAG snubbed him and granted I haven't seen a lot of the other movies but still to me it felt like a snub but I want to go to the Barbie reaction now okay I love Barbie I absolutely love Barbie and I was like hey I love what I love what Ryan Gosling was saying and you know everybody was upset because Margot Robbie didn't get nominated for best actress and because Greta Gerwig didn't get nominated for best director but the amount of outrage over those two misses just seemed really to reach kind of a ridiculous level, in my opinion, because it felt like this movie got eight nominations. Okay, let's 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 be real yeah. here. And and Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie did get Oscar nominations. Okay, Margot Robbie got nominated for producer because Barbie got nominated for best picture, 
And Greta Gerwig got a screenplay nomination for Best Adapted Screenplay, which that is a whole mess because this should not be adapted. But yeah, that makes no sense to me. But <laughs> I know just because it's an IP, it's really it's, it's stupid. But where, where it really, really, really bothered me, there were a couple of things. But the first was there is an article and I'll link it in the show notes, even though it's so annoying because it's on at the Los Angeles Times. And so they're very much like, pay us, pay us, pay us, pay us. You know, they've got all that kind of stuff. The author, uh, Mary McNamara, wrote this column titled Shocking Oscar Snubs for Bobby, 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 excuse me. Bobby? (laughs) No, that's in Boston, the Bobby. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Or maybe Australia, the Bobby movie. (laughs) Shocking Oscar Snubs for Barbies, Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie just proved the movie's point. Okay, I... (laughs) I have so many issues with this article the way it starts because the way this starts, and this is a direct jab at three of the performances that are nominated for Best Actress, starts, if only Barbie had done a little time as a sex worker, that's a jab at Emma Stone's character, or barely survived becoming, the way she words this, just uh, becoming the next victim in a mass murder plot, that's a jab at Lily Gladstone, who is the first Native American actress to be nominated for Best Actress and is in a movie based on real events, and to narrow that down to just a mass murder plot, or stood accused of shoving Ken out of the dream house's top window, that's a direct reference to, and if you if you think I'm lying, that's a direct reference. If you are reading the article and you click the highlighted sections of those, it goes directly to those people's performances, so it is directly wow. talking about that. And so that is a direct on Anatomy of a Fall, the nomination for that. And there are so many things wrong with that. Number one, you are basically discounting all those performances. You're saying they're not worthy of nominations because they played characters that in this person's mind aren't worthy of being nominated for portraying. And she talks like, I I, I mean, I don't know. In my recollection, I can't remember how many Lily Gladstones have been nominated. Oh, none. I mean, really, she talks like this happens all the time. I have not seen these movies. I am planning actually this weekend to spend the time watching Killers of the Flower Moon because I want to watch all of these. And I understand the criticisms of criticisms of Killers of the Flower Moon. I totally understand that. But to me, this is more like saying my feminism is only going to include certain types of women. And it's also screams a lot of the stuff that's been going on around the Barbie thing screams white feminism, which is this is the place where we are comfortable criticizing. And I mean, Jezebel did a whole thing about this on their uh, Instagram. And then there's another Instagram person I'll, I'll link in there who said, yeah, I wish Barbie had gotten more nominations, but I really hope that people who are so outraged by this and who are not, don't stop talking about it, are also outraged outraged about the genocide going on right now in, in Gaza and all the, and women who are having to tear fabric to use for sanitary napkins for, for menstrual products for like that there's like women having to give birth under just horrendous conditions, all this stuff. And then the kicker of all of this is that Hillary Clinton chimes in and Hillary Clinton hasn't said anything about anything, at least that I know of, about she hasn't used her time 
to tweet about really, really important matters, but she does this tweet. Let me just make sure I'm pulling it up so I'm quoting her. I should have had it pulled up in front of me, but this was the one that just, this just sealed it. Greta and Margot, while it can sting to win the box office but not take home the gold, your millions of fans love you. You're both so much more than Knuff. Hashtag Hillary Barbie. (laughs) It's like... (sighs) This movie was nominated for eight Academy Awards. Right. I mean, it, it was. I, I I get wanting them to be nominated in in the in these particular categories, but at the same time, like the movie itself is not being snubbed, so it's like a, a very. I don't know. It, it, you're right. Like the whole outcry is just very weird, be, and especially because in all of this, nobody's talking about the fact that America Ferrera was nominated exactly for Best Supporting too. Actress. Um, how convenient that the that the Latina in this group is like, well, but we're talking about the white women now, so shut up. You know, like, where are her flowers for being nominated? Especially when she was kind of shut out in so many other award ceremonies where she wasn't even nominated. When you And when you think about it, the whole point of the Barbie movie wasn't just Barbie. It was also Gloria and Gloria teaching Barbie feminism and what it mm-hmm. is like to be an actual woman but sure okay because somebody had post shared like a post on facebook about you know about the about something about that about like oh well of course you know ken gets nominated this gets nominated that gets nominated. and i'm like well we cannot you can't forget you know america ferrero was nominated and that was not expected that's the thing is that that was like a welcome surprise i didn't expect that I was hoping um, a lot of people were saying after the Critics' Choice Awards because she won a special, I can't, oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of the award, but she won a special award. She gave an incredible speech. If you haven't seen it, go, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes. And so honestly, even though I think she totally deserves the nomination, but honestly, a lot of times the way they decide some of these nominations is if someone gives a great speech, they want to hear that through the whole thing. <laughs> I'm serious. That's It happens, sadly, like... Um, like Robert Downey Jr. winning at Golden Globes and everybody loved his speech. So that kind of, you know, it's this, it's weird. It's polit- political stuff within that. But when she gave that speech, a lot of people who were award show pundits and everything were like, oh my gosh, she could sneak into a Best Supporting Actress because of, because how great that was and how moving that was. Not that she doesn't deserve it because she does deserve it. But that was a really shocking pleasantly shocking thing and so that should be celebrated also there were three movies nominated for best picture that were directed by women other than barbie there's anatomy of a fall and past lives and there is no outrage the director of anatomy of a fall was direct was nominated for best director so she was but there's no outrage for the director of past lives not being nominated no i haven't heard a single person mention that and of course it's because it's not I mean, I think part of it is it's not a white woman who's like center in this. And um, and there's no outrage over the star of past lives not being nominated. And so it's like it's like just like selective outrage and selective feminism. So we are just going to be able to speak out about this and get outraged by this, even though this movie wasn't snubbed. I could understand if this movie got no nominations or like the only nomination it got was for Ryan Gosling. I could understand a little bit more the level of outrage 
Because yes, I was disappointed too. But to be honest with you, I didn't think either one of them were going to be nominated. Uh, honestly, so, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't like shocked. <laughs> I mean, yes, I know Greta Gerwig was nominated at Directors Guild, but that doesn't always mean anything. It's like this, this just this selective outrage and this article in the LA Times just irked me so much because of the direct attacks against the other women and also against the characters they were portraying is really despicable, especially, especially the way just kind of just belittling, belittling and minimizing a mass murder plot mm -hmm. to what is the story in Killers of the Flower Moon. It's much more uh, you know, it's much more about a genocide, really, of 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 people, the way we treated Native Americans. It's a lot about that. That's what that movie is about. I know I understand, once again, the criticisms, criticisms, and I haven't watched it. But still, to minimize it to something where it almost sounds like, you know, like a thriller plot or like the plot of like, I don't know, something that doesn't seem as big as what really happened. I don't know. It just that just irritated me. And then also a reminder, if your feminism doesn't include sex workers, then you're it's not feminism too. So I mean, because she criticizes in here that I guess, and I guess this is a spoiler, I haven't seen the movie, but that in the movie Poor Things, the one that Emma Stone is nominated for, her character ends up deciding to become a sex worker as an empowering move. And this writer puts that down. <laughs> wow like that is so reductive it's like uh it just pisses me off so that's i'm just really irritated by all of that it made me really be like wanting to root against barbie except for america <laughs> ferrera which is horrible because it's that because i love the movie but i was like now i don't want it to win <laughs> your brain needs support and new ollie brainy chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, well, lastly, this is just a little fun little thing, kind of. I don't know if it's fun. There was a post about there's going to be a lost boys musical okay produced <laughs> i'm trying so hard not to just burst out laughing let me mute myself <laughs> okay i'm doing the same thing i almost said produced by patrick bateman <laughs> whoa <laughs> that would be a very very i would be interested in that i would line up to see that imagine the headline and probably patrick bateman's lost boys <laughs> So Patrick Wilson is producing this upcoming The Lost Boys musical. And so this got me to thinking. <laughs> there are so many, like the new Mean Girls movie, which they didn't advertise it as this, but it's the musical version of it. I guess the Willy Wonka movie that was out, that was a musical, even though they didn't really advertise it as that. And then you've had other ones, like you actually have had American Psycho, the musical. <laughs> right. <laughs> you've had Heathers, the musical is a really big one. You had The Color Purple, the musical version was just recently out, which that's another one that people could have, I don't know, gotten outraged about, too. That only got one nomination. Anyway, uh, so 
Um, Carla, I don't know if there even is one, but <laughs> are there any films that you would like to see turned into a musical? Honestly, there are so many. There are so many that I would just, I would just be interested in, because, okay, not all musicals are happy, floaty, dreamy things. I mean, like, just look at Les Mis. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is not a, a, a musical where you come out of it thinking, you know, oh, it's all sunshine and rainbows and let me get in my tap shoes. I feel inspired to go for a walk in the park now. No, that that's no, no. But I, I, I think that with reinventing an existing movie as a musical, I think the sillier, the better. So I would be very interested in Dude, Where's My Car? The musical. <laughs> that's one that I want to see turn into a musical. Can you just imagine, like, what what genre of music would they choose for the pivotal scene where the two leads come out of their house saying, dude, where's my car? Where's your car, dude? Dude, where's my car? Where's your car, dude? No, dude, where's my car? Yeah, where's your car, dude? Would that be a rap? Would that be a Broadway-style number? Would there be dancing? Would there be jazz shoes involved? Jazz hands? I don't know. Let your imagination run wild. What about the scene where they get tattoos and they're on their back, the, the, the tattoos are on their backs and they have to read each other's tattoos because they can, they themselves do not remember what the tattoos say. And one of them is like, Oh, what's mine say? Sweet. What's yours say? And then it's something similar. And, it, and so they're shouting at each other because they just think that they're complimenting each other's tattoos. Yeah. Like what, what would that be like? This is when I admit I've never watched this movie. <laughs> oh, I don't expect you to have, but I expect that you would completely just rush out and buy tickets to the musical version. And of course, the, the question on everybody's minds is would Hal Sparks reprise his role as Zoltan, the cult leader? He has a band. Well, see, he, he <laughs> might want to line up and be in it. He might be like, you know what? Let's do this. Maybe, you know what? Maybe he put this in my head because this is already what he's planning. Next, you're going to have an Instagram post from Hal Sparks coming to you. <laughs> Dude, where's my car? The musical. <laughs> you know, there are worse ideas for musicals, in my opinion. Like, the whole thing with making the, the Cats musical movie, that was that turned out to be a terrible idea. So why would my idea be that bad? Can anything be that bad? You never know. You never, and you never will know until you try. I love that answer. That's not at all what I expected to hear. So I love it. I don't even know if I expected anything, but wow. I don't I don't think I can even like even come close to that that brilliance. But <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, I really do want to see the American Psycho musical. I'm just curious. 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 I'm just curious. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> like, I'm just curious, you guys. <laughs> Clueless, the musical. Um. <laughs> See? But wait, isn't there one already? I don't know. If there isn't, there should be. I think there is. Maybe there. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've lost track of everything that's been turned into a musical in the last, like, 20 years. Yeah, a lot of them have. But I was just thinking, I think um, Donnie Darko would be interesting as a musical. Ooh. And you already have um, Mad World in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think it would be interesting. 
oh my gosh, not not just not to spoil this like almost thirty year old movie for anybody, but like the last scene, maybe you just hear Donnie's voice in the background. You don't really know whether he's there or not, singing Mad World. And maybe you just see his silhouette like up above where everybody is as they, you know, like they, they have those little partitions where each person is doing the thing from the movie, but on the stage, or maybe they're moving through the stage, doing the thing that they're doing in the movie. And then up above is just the silhouette of Donnie just singing Mad World. And then it kind of like fades to black. Oh, I love that. That is so brilliant. I Let's love make, this for us. Dream makers, the dream makers. Yeah. <laughs> we can do Let's both. make this happen. Yes. <laughs> we can do everything. We're dream makers. We're not dream deniers. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. See, you'll, you'll make Cal Sparks dream come true with dudes in the car. And then I'm sure Jake, Jake's like, I, I'm, I've made Donnie Darko bulker. I can, pl- I'm sure I can play a teenager still. I'll just go with my, you haven't seen that Roadhouse trailer, by the way. Go check out the Roadhouse trailer. <laughs> Make sure that, that you have sufficient hydration to replace the lost fluids after. Just pro tip over there. Yeah, I don't I don't know what Jake Gyllenhaal has decided to do with his career, but I'm I'm happy with what he's decided to do with his body. <laughs> so <laughs> honestly, same. But yeah, but I mean, or he could play. Uh, he could play another character in it or something. So we'll make that dream come true for Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. All sorts of, I mean, oh my God. He could do the Patrick Swayze role. Oh, yes. I think that's great. That's great. I'm so We've excited done it. for this. <laughs> I'm so excited. It could be a double bill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my oh, God, man. we are so smart, Aaron. Like, we are so smart. How are we not already out there just producing stuff? I know. I don't get it either. But oh hey. Oh, my God. Someone will have just bound to listen to this and be like, <laughs> get them on the phone. <laughs> There's just somebody out there just, you know, don't be shy. Yeah. Don't be shy. <laughs> Jay, Cal, I know you're both listening. So, hey, pick yes. up the phone. <laughs> yes, just, just pick up the phone, give us a call, and um, help us help you. Help us help you. That's perfect. (laughs) Well, that was fun. That was fun. So (laughs) thank you so much, Carla, for joining me for this one. So if you want to just let everybody know, especially since they need to know where to find you for all those dreams we're making come true. So (laughs) Carla, where can they find you and your podcast, Bed, Wet, or Behead Pod? Thank you for asking, Erin. You can find me and my wonderful podcast, Bed, Wet, or Behead, wherever you get this podcast. And probably any other podcast that you listen to. Uh, you can also find our social media presence at most of the social medias. And uh, we may even post in 2024. I know, very exciting news. There may yet be postings from within this year. Oh, my God. I don't want anybody <laughs> to get their hopes up. But if you want a pleasant surprise, go follow us. Uh, you can also look for me, my art and my musings on TikTok and Instagram at Carla Temis. Or look for my website. Yes, you can look for my website. <laughs> that sounds like like some kind of like, you know, like brain eating bacteria. Yes. A parasite. The, the website is found in the lakes. <laughs> anyway, my website is carlatemis.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S dot com. I am always 
this professional, by the way. Yes. Always. See? Dream makers keep it real. <laughs> yes. We, we definitely keep it something. <laughs> we definitely keep it something. <laughs> well, this is Erin. And, you know, you can also go follow Fergie, the dog, at Schroeder and Fergs. That's S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R-A-N-D-F-E-R-G-S. It's long, but it's worth it. And I'm trying to think if I've ever shown her Donnie Darko to see if she would get into it. I have to watch it soon for for a certain guest podcast thing I'm doing. So maybe I maybe I'll maybe I'll have it have her watch it. Anyway, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. You're previewing your potential TikTok slash reel. That's true. And I'm also, you know, bringing it back to Donnie Darko the musical. Uh <laughs> Oh my gosh, the rabbit would be so scary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram, TikTok, threads at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you would like to reach out to us about our wonderful ideas, or if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, head on over to our website, it's a fandom thing pod.com. Click the contact us button there. That'll shoot me an email and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And while you're there, consider becoming a Patreon supporter for as little as three bucks a month. You get ad-free episodes. You get bonus content. We will be doing a special episode for February covering the movie My Best Friend's Wedding. So look for that soon. That won our poll. That was the only one people voted on. They didn't vote for any of the other movies I had in the poll. So that decidedly won. (laughs) That's not a wing, that's a pummeling. <laughs> a pummeling. <laughs> and then I also just want to say, if, if you haven't yet, you have until February 11th to vote in our second annual Fandom Choice Awards. So you can vote for some of your favorite episodes, favorite interviews, favorite running themes. You can vote for Car- Carla was nominated for 43 Fandom Choice Awards. Vote for me. No pressure. <laughs> And I want to say there are a few races right now that are so tight. And we already have a couple of ties. So see if you can break those ties. I'm not going to say which categories they're in, but there's a couple of ties already. So go vote. The link is in our show notes. And on Friday's episode, Carla will be back to talk about Regina Hall. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. Hey, podcast listener, do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.